episode 140, Improving Patient Experience. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Dr. Sonny Spera's perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. I appreciate you joining in on the dentist series. This is the first of four, maybe five. We'll see how it plays out. I haven't finished editing all the episodes yet, but once that happens, if you go to a doctorsperspective.net slash dentist with an S, then you'll be able to get the PDF for quick reference about all the show, the highlight, those types of things. Remember, we do have transcripts for each show in a, you click a button on the website and it'll appear. You, it's pretty obvious. Recently, I've been doing those uh, 1200 by 630 pictures. So, so a wide picture underneath that will be where that button is. If you want to support the show, it's .net slash support. Anywhere from a buck to getting free merchandise with a monthly contribution. So it's all up to you what you want to do. And it's appreciated. I'll have you know that the book promotion for today's Choices Tomorrow's Health that I did a couple weeks ago worked really well. I want to thank everybody who shared it and who either downloaded it for free or bought it. The results are great. It hit number one in seven different categories. We went up to number 105 in the free listing and 122 in the paid for Kindle. Uh, really excited for that. If you're interested in how did I do it and all of those things, send me an email or reach out on social media. We can talk. And I'm not sure when it's going to come out quite yet, but doing a few things with Dr. Lisa Holland, the belly guru. She's a physical therapist, also does uh, coaching and things like that. We're kind of partnering up a little bit on Arthur writing, promotion. Uh, we did a couple of podcasts, Facebook Live type of things. And on Wednesdays, middle September till middle October, I'll be a special guest. We'll do some live interviewing, some Q&A, health tips, coaching, you know, all those types of things that you might have interest in. So let me know. Two secret projects. Ooh, leaving it at that. But today, we got Dr. Sonny Spurra from New York. We're going to go over improving patient experience like you heard, but we're going to go more than that. So it's about like educating. So we're going to talk about like pH of your mouth and what you can do about it. When you're dealing with your staff and your patients and communicating, how can the DISC profile of help? We'll touch on TMJ and some remedies, and we'll go down the rabbit hole about braces with no dentist, direct consumer orthodontics. Why is it such a big, hot topic for dentists these days? What's the implications, the legal, and the you know, what happens to patients if they don't get their good results? So we'll go over all of those things. The audio on his end is a little different than usual. Uh, I'm not sure what he was connected to or whatever, but um, just hang in there. It's not that bad or anything. It's just not pristine. What can you do? But don't let that distract you from the amount of good information that he's going to give. So without any further waiting, show notes, transcript, adoptersperspective.net slash 140. Check out those minisodes. They start with an M. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain and get pumped. Four weeks talking all types of different dental topics. You're going you're gonna to love it. Live from China and Binghamton, New York, today in the podcast and the start of our dental series is an ex-collegiate basketball player from Syracuse, but uh, that's neither here nor there at this point in life, but uh, <laughs> our glory days, <laughs> giving us some jabs before we even start. But today we're going to discuss more like the, the practice management on the high-quality customer care, satisfaction, and referrals. That is going to be kind of our focus today because it's such a huge piece of our practice. So please welcome Dr. 
Sonny Spera. Well, thank you, Justin. I appreciate you reaching out and asking me to do this. All right. So when we start a podcast, as always, what got you into dentistry? And then how did you end up getting to where you are now in your career? Oh, great question. How did I get into dentistry? Well, I, as a kid, and this was early, um, I always had an interest in kind of helping others, especially kids. You know, I like when kids, playing with kids in the neighborhood or younger kids. And so I always kind of had an interest that way. And I, I remember just talking to my parents one day and I said, you know, what? I think I want to be a pediatrician. I think I want to be a doc and work with kids. And I'll never forget it. And my dad just looked at me and says, well, be a dentist. It's a better lifestyle. And, you know, when you're a kid, what does lifestyle mean? So I was like, okay, it's my dad. I'll listen to him. And the more I looked and knew it, the more people I talked to, the more they just tried to discourage me. They were like, well, you know, you'll change your mind, or why would you go into that? Or, well, you know, go to a big school, and, you know, you'll, you'll change your mind many times. Don't worry. And I, I just was like, yeah, why would I change my mind? I mean, I think it probably ultimately motivated me to do something that these other people, including my college pre-health professional advisor, she was saying the same thing. Dr. Martha Brown, I'll never forget it. She was at Syracuse. She said, you know, most of you won't finish this. You'll, you'll change. And I remember when I met one on one with her, she said the same thing to me. And I should have just looked her right in the eye and said, why does everybody say this? And I never faltered. And I, I mean, the most clearest moment I remember was in seventh grade. My seventh grade social studies teacher, Dan Council, he said to us, when you guys have your 20-year high school reunion, I want you guys to invite me because I want to see what you guys all become. He was trying to get this one kid who was just kind of on the fringe of, of really turning bad to get him engaged in class. And he was wrestling, and he was trying to, you know, so he, I think he was reaching out. And I remember going up to him after class and saying, I'm going to be dentist. And he was the only guy, he was like, if you, you know, I was like, wow, you're not going to tell me don't do this. And uh, my high school guidance counselor, all Mr. G. Russo, I remember all of them. They just were just very, I guess, I guess honest. They gave me a lot of kids do go through different career choices, and I just stuck with it. And did they think you just weren't doctor material in general, or did it was the dentistry part that they were just negative about? I think, I think it was just being clear on what you wanted to do. Uh, I think you know. I mean, like I don't have any family members that are dentists. Um, I don't. It's not in the family. My dad worked at IBM. Um, my mom got a high school GED, so it's like, you know, we're not an overly educated, you know, family. And so it wasn't a, a charted path for me. And how did it, how did I get to that point? You know, and, and a lot of our area was IBM, you know, EJ foundation. So a lot of folks, you know, kids were children of engineers. So engineering was a big career path for a lot of people. And I'm sure if I said that, they'd have been like, oh yeah, just like everybody else, great, go to a good engineering school. Yeah, but I, I guess I gave them something different, and and they probably have heard a lot of different let's call them wild ideas, and, and they just were like, yeah, that's great, but you know, go to school, you have a lot of options because you'll change your mind. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't like everybody was, you know, tooting my horn or, or or leading the way or rolling out a curve for me. It was almost the opposite. But I, I think in retrospect, I, I really do think it me kind of zero in on that almost motivated me more to you know sort of prove them wrong i guess yeah there's definitely people out there that that's their driving factor for a long time in life proving them wrong i had a good support system you know my mom my dad at home my two, I had two older sisters so i was the youngest boy in an italian family so that's 
that's the choice place to be when you're a kid. You know? <laughs> be the youngest in an Italian family and be the boy. Uh, so I, I had a really good support system network for me that uh, I could do things and that they were supportive and, and they were encouraging, you know, they, and, and looking back on that even more so than anything else, like, yeah, do, you know, do it. And my one sister graduated college. My other sister did one semester. She didn't finish. So again, you know, my first, my sister was, I think the first in our family that went to college um, in, in our, you know, extended family. So for me, I was the first professional doctor in the family too. And, you know, it never really hit me so long after. And of course my dad and mom reminded me, but uh, I look back on that too. It was a very good support system that helped uh, kind of buoy me and uh, be there when you need help and you got questions or what have you. So that I was very fortunate. Yeah, we've got a similar path there. That's kind of my story as well. Well, not the discouraging part from the, <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of it in the family, it, it is, it's, Kind of the same thing. And I think that's encouraging for other people who might be listening to this, who might be in the middle of school and just like, oh, I got, I just got to finish, <laughs> yeah. or I want to quit. Which is it? That comes up a lot in dental school. I remember a lot of my classmates were just, you know, bogged down in it. And my my kind of response was, hey, you know, every, look at these these uh, composites of all the graduating years from from Buffalo Dental School. I said, why do we think we're going to be any different than them? They did it. We can do it. Why don't we just spend our energy just doing what they're asking us to? We had so many friends that just spent their time arguing or, uh, you know, kind of complaining. And I said, this is wasted time and energy. Because I was also a basketball coach at dental school. So I was coaching the university. I was a graduate assistant. So I had, like, a full-time job. I didn't have time for that. So, you know, it was just you had to stay focused and, and really, really helped me with time management. And I think today, again, another thing I think that's really helped me out. I can't even imagine working full time. Now, maybe, maybe quote dentistry school and all this wasn't as difficult back then, but I have a, I doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, but, uh, to have a full time job, especially like coaching, yeah. there's so many demands on you. You might have been having to travel or stuff mm-hmm. like that too. Yeah. Yeah. My first year in dental school, I remember because I, I got the, I had the job, um, offered to me. And the, the dental school didn't want didn't want to uh, allow me to do it. They said nobody can work, you can't have a job. And I had a professor, George Farrell, never forget him. He went to bat for me. He said, "I think we can do this. I think if we just change the schedule slightly for for Sonny, give him the morning afternoon clinic times, because it was going into my second year when I really got into a lot of clinic settings." And he said, "I think we can do this." And you know, thank God. And uh, I did, and I then put the pedal to the metal in dental school. So I made sure I got all my requirements. I was ahead of time, ahead of schedule, no wasted clinic time. I made sure I had patients in the chair. I had, I had the, the, the basketball team too. They needed dental work. I was like, hey, come on in. So I got them, oh, back, you know, the front door, back door, built in. Yeah, so I had patients. I had a little network that was helping me fulfill my requirements, and I was doing, you know, great service for these guys. So it was mutually beneficial. And uh, so when I got to my senior year, I remember talking to Dr. Harvey Sproul, who was the uh, anti, uh, anti-basketball anti guy, let's say. And I said, hey, how, how am I doing? He says, well, young man, I may have been wrong. And uh, he, he kind of admitted it. And uh, he was one tough SOB, but he was to be respected. And so, again, it was I had to prove him wrong, so to speak, and it helped uh, get me through things. So that by the time I graduated, I didn't really think. I was going to do a residency program. I felt I did a lot in dental school and I took an endo minor. So I did some summer clinic. You know, I did a lot of extra things to kind of advance what I could learn in the dental school setting. So 
may help prepare me for practice a little bit sooner. Ah, because the endo part is, from what I've heard, it's definitely something that the general practice dentist would want to know because it opens up so many more doors in the clinic. Is that still hold true? Well, I think it's a great service to be able to provide. You know, let's say a patient comes in with a screaming toothache and then they want to see the tooth. There's nothing better than being able to, A, get that patient out of pain, B, provide a definitive treatment for him, and C, allow him to keep the tooth. And you can do all those things and perform, quote, unquote, the dreaded root canal. And it's not painful and you're out of pain. You're, you're a little bit of a hero. You know, you, you've taken care of their chief complaint, their major problem painlessly. You're going to have a very good referral source or you're going to have a very happy patient. So that is a great service to be able to provide that same-day emergency care and doing it definitively and doing it well because some of the teeth uh, present challenges. So you, you've got to have a little more training. And initially in dental school, when you're doing endo, which is you know short for root canals, there's a lot of fear when you're getting into you know intricate molars or the canal systems are a little bit more fussy or you know indescript and they're definitely a technique and wait and i'm still learning i still learn as much as i possibly can every year and, and every year is better than the next year and now with three-dimensional cvct scans and you can literally follow a roadmap and you can see that fourth canal or sometimes a fifth canal and so the technology is there and it's just amazing so i was fortunate enough to know a I stunk at endo my junior year in dental school. I, I couldn't stand it. I struggled with it like crazy. But I had a teacher that I kind of reached out to and said, why is this so hard? And she was my mentor in class. And she saw me struggling. She didn't give me one ounce of help until I literally was frustrated to the point where I said, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm lost here. And she said, oh, I was waiting for you to come. Dr. ming she I'll never forget. I was like, you were sitting there watching me struggle and you never helped me. And it was it became comical, but at the point was like you know she and her she's right. She said I wanted you to get to that point where you came and said I'm defeated or I'm here, and then and then she sat with me by herself one on one. It was phenomenal. So then I was like, oh, this isn't so hard. Yeah. So I I added a minor and I did a ton of it and I did you know extra here and there and it and again it was kind of the opposite and. Kind of a common theme, I guess, is where I talk about my life. Yeah, the opposite of what they said. And it was great. And I, now I, I, I love it. You know, I kind of look forward to it. And it's, it's a tough situation because the patient usually is, A, they're coming to the dentist, so they're not happy typically, or they're super fearful. they got to climb over some boundaries or some barriers that have kept them out of the dental office. And now they have a toothache, so now they have, okay, now I, I only go when it hurts, so I'm going, now it's hurting. Uh, you know how bad it must be hurting? Yeah, no choice. Yeah, you know how bad it must be hurting because I'm here now. Okay, I got, you know, and you just you sit and you listen, and you try to provide them a solution. And it's, gr- it's a great thing to be able to do. And there's not, and, and, and I have some bonds with some patients that are, you know, become very good friends over the years that, that may have been our first meeting, you know, in the office. So it's, it's very rewarding. You see, I always expected that to be just like the standard. You're not even a dentist if you can't do that. <laughs> no, there's a there's a lot of dentists that will they'll do the easy or the straightforward, like a front tooth. We typically tend to be a single canal, almost ice cream cone shape. So it's almost uh, kind of I'm gonna say a no brainer, but that's not really fair. Some of them are harder, <laughs> but it's 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 much simpler anatomy. And as you get where the root system becomes more complicated, intricate complex, uh, then you'll see more of, uh, I think I better refer this. Or 
sometimes they've done it and they've had them fail because they didn't get it all right. And you, you know, you get one or two of those and most guys are like, okay, I'm done doing that. Uh, yep. I'm not going to yep. try anymore. I had one or two blow up and you know, what have you. Well, thanks to Instagram videos, anyone can watch what a dentist does and you're like, oh, this is intense. This is quite intense. <laughs> yeah, things have changed that way for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I get, I get a lot of experts to come see me now. Did you know that? I have a lot of patients that are dental experts. Oh, that's... Did you know that? <laughs> I did not. I was not aware. <laughs> yeah, they watched a video and they came in and or they read something on the internet. Now, you can find it, you know, you can find anything on the internet and some of it's true and unfortunately a lot of it's not. So, sometimes you have to spend a little time with the patients dispelling some either myths or misconceptions. Yeah. Because one of them is root canals cause cancer. That's common. Um, right, because they are heart disease and things. Oh, no, they're, no, they're saying that anybody who's had cancer has had a root canal typically in their mouth, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think well, that's a new I wish one. I had the exact stats, but I can't tell you how many hundreds of thousands of root canals are done, you know, exactly. yearly. And it's just there's no science to it. There's right. probably an anecdotal story somewhere, and this person can write it in a format that looks very… Trust me, I'm a chiropractor. We We have to deal with this causation versus correlation all the time. We're like… They were all ready. We didn't do it. Like, it's just the fact that they, you know, people who had a stroke with chiropractic had a, I don't know, had a toothache. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have toothaches, though. Like, it just happened to be the day they had a toothache. Like, come on. Doesn't make any difference. Right. But, no, I know what you mean. So, let's go into this. You're a busy doctor. You're obviously training yourself like crazy to be the best that you can be. And part of that, I think, is... We have to get new patients, but we also want to keep them. We don't want them to just run yes. out the back door every time they get the one service. So, see, how do we branch into this a little bit? Satisfaction rate, referrals, what, what's your starting point in, in making that a, a good experience for the patient? And then we'll just do some follow-up questions. Well, I think, I think that the most important thing is what you just said, making it a good experience for the patient. And I think uh, one of the most uh, underappreciated values is is understanding, trying to understand the patient's history, where the patient is coming from, sometimes their fears, uh, what barriers they may have to their treatment, be it financial, be it emotional, be it physical, uh, mental. I think we have to at least identify them and, and, and talk about the elephant in the room sometimes. And then you have to deal with different personality types, trying to connect. Uh, we do a lot of the DISC personality stuff in our office with staff and stuff. So if you know someone in your office is a very high D person, well, you don't want to schedule them at 1030 because you may not be in the chair 10, 29, and 30 seconds. <laughs> if you're there at 1030.02, you're late. And now they're on edge or their blood pressure's up, or they're leaning at the edge of the table, you know, that kind of thing. And now you've got a situation where you've probably been better off saying, let's come in at 7 a.m., see a first thing, and you see them at 6.45 because they're there early. Ah. Those kind of things. I, I think you have to identify some of that and try your best to, you can't be all things to all people, but be as much as you can to as many as you can. And I think you do have to adjust and know, like, communication types of styles as best you can so the person like sometimes you know patient comes in and let's say you know oh, i get my teeth cleaned every six months i blah 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 
and then they need something. You know, they have, you see there's a couple of cavities, and then you're going to diagnose them and tell the patient about it. You can just cold, flat out say, yeah, you got a couple of cavities, needle filling. Or you can say, you know, I see a couple of areas where there's a, a couple of cavities that have started here. Tell me a little bit about your, your habits at home. You know, brush in, you're brushing, tell me what, you know, tell me some of the history. How about some of your diet? Um, pH is a big thing that people are misunderstanding or unappreciating. pH? Okay, uh, pH, yeah, the pH of the mouth. Like drinking Cokes? Yeah, well, it's more than that, believe it or not. You know, for example, just take water. Take bottled water, right? Okay. Bottled water should be what? pH 7, right? Yeah, sure. Do you know what a pH of the sunny water and aquafina water is compared to a bottle of smart water or essential water? I would assume that it's tap water that they filter, so probably like six point, I don't know, something. Not even close. Oh. Dasani is down in the threes. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And and the other, you know, uh, smart waters is near eight and essential waters near nine. So you're drinking bottled water, right? So you tell, hey, drink bottled water. But if you're if you're drinking certain types, you're gonna. It's a very acidic environment, and bacteria thrives in this acid environment. So you're gonna be more prone to, to cavities and decay. Now, because everybody thinks it's just sugar, uh, it's just sugar. I don't have a lot of sugar. Well, okay, I had I had a couple slices of bread, and bread is starch. Starch is what? Starch is sugar. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's the type of sugar. Everybody thinks sugar. Okay, teaspoon of sugar or caramel sugar, or chocolate sugar. And then it's also form and frequency. So, you know, you you know somebody, you know, you've diagnosed that. Now you want to reach out and kind of maybe get your relationship to a different level. And, you know, wow. So they can kind of, hopefully will say, wow, nobody's ever asked me those questions or nobody's cared enough. And I think that's the most important part. Cared enough to try to reach out or to try to reach that level. And, Sometimes, and I think it's unfortunately, sometimes where it's just, you do it every day, it becomes routine, and you just, okay, well, I'm going to tell you the floss. I know that, you know, less than 20% of the population flosses anyway, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, you should be flossing and brushing, and I know you're not going to do it anyway because nobody does it, so blah. So I think I think it's less than 50% of dentists floss right now. <laughs> it's a big number. It's a big number. So, you know, so you're, yeah, brush and floss, it's, it's, it's more than that. Because I've had patients who I know diligently brush and floss. Have, you know, one of them is my hygienist husband, and he has some severe breakdown. Well, it's pH is a major factor. Mm. You know, so there's ways to adapt. Like for example, you know, you mentioned Coke. Coke really not as bad as you think. Gatorade. So sugar. Like Gatorade is really bad. Yeah, because when you when you take the Gatorade in, your body takes almost 20 minutes to pH balance and recover. It's a long time. Wow. And if you take, well, what was the balance? Like if you're doing gum or if you chew anything. So let's say you, need, you want the sugar. Okay, well, here's the solution. Take a Gatorade, those little, you know, those little sugar chewies. Chew that. When you chew, when you chew, your body automatically goes to a buffered pH. It goes to 7.5 naturally because it knows it's probably an acid introduction. So it's automatic. So, okay, your pH is going up. Introduce some sugar and then have water. Wash it out. So it's it's much better than you know like take for example like a um, and this this came up in, in the class I just took with talking about this like a cyclist and they have the drink and their drink is you know Gatorade even Gatorade zero quote unquote no calories but the sugars and whatnot are in it are high but it's also that pH change you're constantly throwing that down and let's say every twenty minutes well every twenty minutes what are you doing you're keeping your mouth in a constant state of acidity ah. 
bacteria thrives, decay thrives. So people come in and it almost looks like meth. Money. Wow. You know, you know, almost looks like they're they're methamphetamine addicts. But what it is is just a constant barrage of acid, which is the meth. It's not meth that they're doing, but it has like a similar effect sometimes when it's cumulative. So, you know, get to that root. So that's an extreme example. Not everybody's, you know, Lance Armstrong on a bike all the time. But but what a niche to think about. Like I would have never expected, you know, what? Blows your way. Yeah. yeah. Now all of a sudden they have a yeah, – I can understand a physical therapist wanting to go after runners and uh, all these types of people. But no, dentists can actually specialize in that too. Like, But, but it's knowledge. Knowledge is, knowledge is power, right? So if you can get that knowledge and understanding – and I just learned this – a year ago about this pH thing. And I heard a lot about it. I heard a lot of seminars on pH, but when this was presented, it really struck me as, wow, this, there's more to it than just, you know, have, you know, like the one uh, sweetener xylitol is a very good pH buffer. Did you read my paper? I was going to ask you about chewing gum with xylitol or like that I heard that's supposed to kill the bacteria or doesn't let them grow. Yeah, it's good stuff. Like if you're gonna chew sugarless gum, and that's another thing. It's not all all things equated. But the icebreaker gum, if you have five or six of those a day, you can effectively lower your pH. Wow. But that brand. Now, if you're taking dentine or some other kind of some other ones, they don't have the same effect. They don't have the same impact until you get to twenty or something, twenty five pieces of gum. Well, wow. Realistically, if someone's doing twenty five pieces of gum every day. Why my TMJ hurts? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, exactly. So you face one thing. Now you gotta. Now you just develop your whole TMJ practice. <laughs> <laughs> I always That's encourage I thirty pieces of gum a day. It's definitely good yeah, for it's you. Not true. Yeah. Now I do you know, musculoskeletal therapy. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, for a while I was putting xylitol in my coffee because I was like, well, that's a benefit. It's kind of sweet. I'm not going to ingest so much where I get diarrhea. I mean, I'm not drinking that much of it. But I was like, well, if that helps and it tastes fine to me, I was like, well. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, teas, right? Everybody thinks tea. So, gray tea, let's say Earl Grey versus green tea. Green tea is, is again, a, a very positive buffer. Earl Grey, very negative, very acidic. Mm. So, I mean, so it's funny because now I've kind of altered. Like, I, I have tea every day. I love tea. So, I, I'm, I'm making sure I have green tea and I get flavored different green teas. But I used to drink Earl Grey like going on a style. I love it. So I don't know. You know, the funny thing is maybe I should check. What about the green tea Earl Grey? Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a little bit of gray in there? I better check it out. But yeah, it's just, it's a fascinating thing that I, I don't think enough of us understand yet. As a chiropractor too, I've, we hear stuff sometimes about like the pH. Well, and they, and they got some weird ones out there that like, if your pH is alkaline, you'll never get cancer. And you're like, well, let's back that up a little bit, guys. You know, but there's right. a push to drink uh, alkaline water to try to, you know, and eating different foods to try to alkalinize your body so that all these little benefits can occur. I haven't studied enough. I'm like, guys, I think you're claiming too much and it's kind of throwing me off to even want to <laughs> investigate it sometimes, you know? You're like, That's, that claim's too yep. big. So when you're talking about dental patients, they're coming in, are most people worried about they're scared, there's pain, time constraints, they know they don't brush correctly. Are those, what do you find as the top ways to make a patient feel at ease, feel like they're happy? I mean, is there a... I mean, should you be serving green tea to your customers to make them feel like they're special or putting like a warm towel on their face before and after? <laughs> the patient experience you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are not, I, I've heard of uh, like the dental spa experience and I've heard people go over the top to the point where a person gets their teeth clean, they're getting their 
pedicure done at the same time or a manicure or they have a, a therapy dog or something like that. I wouldn't mind a TV. We've had some, <laughs> we've had some, oh, we got that. We have that for sure. We've, we've had some, like every, every year we have a different, we have a full office meeting and I'll always ask different ideas. And one year I said, give me a wild eyed idea. And I had a few of those mentioned and some of them aren't too far off. Now, along the lines of what I think what you're kind of asking more or less is, that uh, connection or what's the most important thing that you can provide for that person. And, and to me, it's, A, you got to have a connection. You want to try to have a connection, some relationship. And then the next part of that is concern for their oral health. So I think pH is one thing. could be sleep apnea. could be a contributing factor. Well, we make an appliance that can treat that if you're mild to moderate. Okay, how about we talked about TMJ. Do you, do you click? Do you pop? Do you have headaches constantly? And looking at their bite and their occlusion, is there a contributing factor? In addition to just dental disease, there's some of these other things. How about missing teeth? And how about it affecting their bite and their bite changes over years? And or collapse of teeth, or you're grinding the teeth and they just get lower and lower, and you're you're compressing that joint, or you're closing the vertical dimension, so your bite's getting deeper, and that puts a lot of torque on that on that uh, TMJ area. Uh, some people are adequate fine, and some people go go crazy and they have headaches and et cetera, et cetera. In addition to cosmetics. There's just all these other components, and I think you have to be a little versed in them. You may not do all those different things, and not everybody can, but recognizing it and then getting the help they need, I mean, that's that's huge. And that goes a long way to really building that relationship and then cementing it. Nothing like getting a person out of a problem and then them really remembering that. When you're going through that, I mean, I can see as a, as a doctor, you've seen all these problems or concerns, bringing it up to the, the patient and... Does the patient look back and you're like, upsell, upsell, I just have a toothache. <laughs> Do they have that feeling or it's, it, if you come out of a pure heart, you don't really, they don't feel that way? I think there's going to be some that have that feeling. Absolutely. Because, you know, because I, I, I came in, I read on the internet, I know what I need. You're just trying to, you're just trying to get me mm-hmm. to do this. And, and it's, it's just a matter of, are you selling or are you providing a service? And I think a lot of dentists... Our, our, one of our faults is we don't present the whole treatment to the patient. Oh, I might have wanted to spend the time and money, and you didn't even let me know. Right. Yeah, I didn't know about this. What, what do you mean I can oh. do this? You know, a person's in pain. Okay, you're, you're in pain. I know. We've got to, let's address this. Here's what you can do. And also long-term. Here's the ramifications. You've got a missing right. tooth. Right. Here's the ramifications if you, if you do nothing. Right. And replacing it. And right now, they're mentally probably not there right now because they're in pain. And they just want the pain to go away. So, but it's our duty. You, you've got to give them information and you, you know, and, and you want to try to give it to them multiple ways. If you give it to them verbal, they're going to remember what? 10%, 20%. If you give it to them in some format that's visual, you know how many people are visual learners? I think mm-hmm. 70 or 80% last I heard. Give them something visual. Give them something to take home with them. Give them a picture. Show them a video. You know, connect. Try to. At some point, I think it does get through, and it may take years. It may take two or three toothaches yeah. that you're just resolving. So the person's like, "Hey, wait a second. There's got to be a better way." Yeah, there is. I've been telling you to come in and let's do a full exam, and you'll save money. So I mean, or or sometimes it's just a matter of what what is it that's interfering with you getting to the regular dental care. Sometimes it just takes saying that. And a person might look at you and say, no one's ever said that to me. Which is crazy to me. I grew up. You, Yeah. 
Yeah, but let's have that conversation, right? So let's you keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna keep getting what you got, right? So let's break the cycle. You know, at some point, let's put you hopefully into maintenance or preventive care. But first, we got to get you healed. We got to get you healthy. Let's get you out of emergency care. And then there's levels of care. And some people will choose to be in emergency. Some people will want basic care only. And then some people will want I want what's best. And I think it's our duty to at least tell them, start with, yeah. hey, this is choice A. You can future cast what's going to happen if you do. I've seen you more than once for the right. same type of issue. So this is where you're headed. If you don't want to go that route, then we got to figure it out now. Because yeah. some people will tell you, and I, people flat out say, well, I'm, I'm 30. I'm, I, I didn't expect to have all my teeth by the time I was 30. Wow. And I was, like, I was like, wait a second, 30. this is 2019. Man. Where you live? 30 years old? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my mom had all her teeth taken out on top when she was 16, 17 years old. So that's just like never brushed her teeth in, huh? Well, she had a lot of candy and she you know, didn't have a lot of money. And I also think it was one of those situations, well, I'm not going to pay to fix them. Just take them out. It's easier and cheaper. So she's 82 now. So 16, 17, she's double crippled the rest of her life. Yeah. So, you know, fortunately, she saved uh, 10 on the bottom so we can get her some type of occlusion. But, you know, you were a denture that long and you destroyed that ridge on top. So it's a challenge every year. What are we going to do? Oh. But that was the short answer. That's my my mother. You know, it's not, you know, the neighbors. It's my mom. I lived in that family. And you can't just start putting implants either because the uh, the bone's destroyed at this point. Yeah. Bone is gone. She's literally on her floor of her sinus in, in 90% of it. So it's a challenge. It's a restorative challenge. But, you know, just talking really about what you, what's your frame of reference. I'm 30, I'm going to lose all my teeth. And then I, and what's really shocking is I can go from one room, I have an 86 year old patient in the chair who has three fillings in their head and go to another room with a 24 year old kid. He's already got eight teeth removed, eight permanent teeth removed besides wisdom. Wow. And you're like, and, and his mentality might be okay by the time I'm 40, I'm going to be in denture. So I can't wait. I'll be out, I'll be out of problems. I almost want to say, can I introduce you to, you know, Mrs. Barnabas over here? Can can you have a conversation? Can she talk to you and show you? And and also, as I'm sure you know, but the ability to thrive is so dependent on nutrition, intake, exercise, a number of variables, social, all those things. But you eliminate one or two when you when you take teeth out and you just are in a flat plate denture. Their their nutritional intake goes down fifty to seventy five percent immediately when they go to no teeth. Whoa! Nobody thinks about that, do they? That, that's a health factor. So, uh, you know, if you can communicate that to the patient and they can understand it, I'm, I'm helping you for your 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 own good. Whether you do this or don't do this, you know, you think, oh, I'm just got my one hand in your pocket. You have to get past that as a, as, as a, as a physician, as a doctor. You have to pass that. You have to present it to them as, as such a way that I've seen the other side that you haven't seen. And you think I might be, you know, you think I might be selling. I'm not trying to sell you. I'm talking to you about a lifestyle. And then if you give them facts like, hey, one in three Americans by the age of 65 has lost all their teeth. One in three. That's atrocious in the United States. I can't even. Another one in three lost half of them by the time they're 65. That's, that should change. That dynamic should be changing. We have baby boomers. We have more educated people into their 60s healthier, living longer, you know, understanding all these different things, you know, uh, the war against, you know, the war against gluten, you know, like gluten will kill us. You know, I mean, this has got to at some point change some of that dynamic, but there's still a huge need, uh, I think, to to reset the frame a little bit as far as, you know, dental care in the United States. Well, I can see the teeth here in China. People have, you know, a brown spot and several 
on the front, you know, and they just, you know, a lot of people do get a pool to get them filled in. And other people are like, well, I guess the center of my tooth is bad, but uh, they don't really do anything with it. And they just kind of like stuck with that for however long. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I'm not, I'm not sure the dental delivery system in China, I would think it's pretty sophisticated, but I think the uh, volume of people that they have may not match the, the providers that, that are needed. It depends on what you do, too. If you're in Beijing, it might be a completely different story. If you're right. if you're poor, you're probably like, yeah, I don't, you know, it's like in America. Uh, I have a limited income, and if my teeth don't hurt, I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> there, there's no question. It's definitely a, a socioeconomic marker. For example, when we went to Italy, when we went to southern Italy, where my mother-in-law was from, Lipari, and then as we moved north to Milan, where our other relatives were, the dentitions changed. Yeah. You know, I had waiters that we were waiting on us in those southern areas that were missing seven, eight visible teeth, like it was nothing. And in Milan they look like I won't say I won't say models, but I'll say damn close. Not maybe not George Clooney, but they knew what braces were at one point in their life. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or even if they don't, they have them all. You know, it's you know, it's, it's um, it was it was dramatically different, and uh, it really kind of stuck with. Me. I remember that, and uh, when we go back, well, we've gone all over different parts, but that that part really said, yeah, that's what they've always told us that socioeconomic status you can usually see mm-hmm. in teeth. Hey, real quick, I've noticed uh, I follow a dental group on Facebook, and they're having these conversations about like Invisalign and all these mm-hmm. not of uh, traditional braces. Is is there something going on that I'm just not aware of? Like Maybe it's just turf wars or something about these. These are they just this not good brace options, or is they're setting it up to where like they don't even need a doctor almost to? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, you're going into Smell Direct Club. Yeah, yeah. They they've um they've bypassed dentists and they're going kind of kind of going direct to consumer. Where they're getting into trouble is they're delivering dentistry without a dental license. So now if they're in CVS or quote unquote teledentistry. So in order to do that, someone has to take mold of the teeth. So that mold has to be taken by dental practice law, by a dental professional, whether it's the dentist or a dentally direct supervised employee, like a registered dental hygienist. They can't do it unless direct supervision by direct supervision by a dentist, which means in the building. I was going to say, so that doesn't mean they can't just like put a, put a video in there? Can't phone it in. Can't say, yeah, it looks good from here. Ah, so a real dentist in the office. Has to be done directly. Yeah, in some states, it has to be done by the dentist. It can't even be done by, by, a, by a licensed professional under direct supervision. So where they've gotten in trouble and, and there's been some lawsuits that are now started by the New Jersey Dental Society. I think California's after them. I think the ADA is now after them. It's practicing dentistry without a license. And Smile Direct Club is just flat out coming out like, what? come and get us. Yeah. They, got, they got a lot of money <laughs> and they have a lot of juice behind them. You know, they're going to go public. It's, it's going to be. Like, you really think a dentist needs to be here for this? I mean, I trained the CVS guy to do it who worked yesterday. Yeah. And, C- and CVS is getting into healthcare. I mean, there's no question. They're getting into, you know, vaccines and, mm-hmm. and, you know, medical care. And so to me, I don't buy anything at CVS anymore. Uh, you know, you want to practice dentistry. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't need to get my medication, my prescriptions here, my deodorants or my whatever toilet piece, sundries. Uh, you know, I'll go somewhere else. I'll go. I'm not buying it there anyway. Yeah. CVS is like, oh no, last resort. Yeah. But now, you know, the Invisalign issue now, what happened with Invisalign, the background is Invisalign bought Smile Direct or bought controlling interest. Uh, and the real reason was because they wanted to get into the direct 
delivery of Invisalign, just like Smile Direct was, because they knew what Smile Direct was about. The Invisalign reps will tell you, oh, we got into it because we wanted to control the product. We knew it was out there. We wanted to make sure it was a quality product. Please. Yeah, right. Because, you know, Invisalign was signing up, Dennis, and I'm one. I, I provide Invisalign, and it's, it's a good product. It's not the best thing since sliced bread, but it's a good product. For certain people, it's a great idea. So they did this. Yeah, yeah, it's not for everything, but you know, even though they, they tell you that. They got into it. They, they got into this, and then they dissolved it because I think Smile Direct, no, 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 we don't, we don't want you. And Invisalign misrepresented us, lost the case. And then they had to pay Smile Direct a huge sum. But they were using Smile Direct to get them into into these centers and allow Invisalign to then make storefront Invisalign. That's ultimately what Invisalign wanted. They wanted to be storefront. And they are. Yeah, they wanted the framework. And they are doing it. And then they're, they're doing it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And they look. They probably look at it as making an impression. That's all we got to do. We got to figure out how do we how do we get the impression. We can we can take it from here with our computers. Bypass the dentist, and we just make all the money. This is fantastic. Yeah, and and it's but Invisalign centers are popping up all over, and Smile Direct centers are popping up. So you got this this competing things. Uh, the other part of this equation is Invisalign for the people that they provide stuff for they keep it's almost like leading lambs to the slaughter like they have taught and they have quote-unquote registered dentists that do invisalign training and they keep either jacking up their prices or keep cutting their services to the point where more and more falls on the dentist like i I just you know i just can't believe a company just get the way with Oh, we, we provide this. Here's the service. Okay, you go on, you look on the computer, and they're telling you, you put these trays in, and this will happen. That's what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. And that's all the professionals that they're in. And then you say, okay, fine, and you do it, and it doesn't happen. Now what? Oh, it's not our fault. Mm-hmm. You should have questioned all this stuff. Well, wait a second. <laughs> you sold it as like, it's this A, B, and C. Right, and you're you're the head honcho. You're the provider, the business provider, and, and have all the wealth of information when you lay out this treatment plan. But now the dentists are supposed to overwrite the treatment plan, change the treatment plan. And then we end up getting or being responsible for a lot of issues. So there's a lot of folks that write in this line that are not in love with the company and their services. So they are now yeah, look, looking at a lot of alternatives. So that's going on. And and then, then now you've got the family part. So Invisalign stopped when they were getting this kind of wrap up, it went nuts. And then it had a major correction after the fallout was now direct. Now, I think they've had a big recovery, but for some people that, that were in it, I mean, they went from, I think, $80 stock to $250. It went bizarre. So people were loving it from, from that aspect. But on the delivery side and where the controversy is now really is boiling down to these, but not, it's not do it yourself because that's a whole nother realm. So the person's at home and they want to take an impression and send it to Smile Direct, there's nothing anybody can do about it. That's do it yourself dentistry, right? So that's your snore guard, that's your. All these other things you see on TV that they make, you know, send it to us, we do it for you. But going to a smile center and having your teeth scanned and then done that way, well, A, now it's getting closer to Invisalign. That's one of the ways Invisalign does. But B, it's not done by a licensed dentist. So that's that's an issue. Now, do orthodontists get mad at the general dentist who are doing the Invisalign? Like, this is my thing. Well, they, y'all are doing things that y'all shouldn't even be doing. Yeah, they, they do. Orthodontics is an interesting profession because when we were in dental school, we learned almost zero orthodontics. That's the one specialty in dentistry that is kept pristine from the general dentist's hands. And they do it on purpose. But the training that you get in dental school is 
so inferior in orthodontics because they don't want you to know that it's not that hard, first thing, compared to doing a molar root canal. Uh, orthodontics, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a no-brainer. If you understand the principles, you understand this, you get the right diagnosis, and then you have your treatment plan. You know, if you put something on a tooth, you're going to move it this way, it moves that way. That's, that's essentially it. And the technology and what's, what's changed over the years, uh, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it's not, it's not brain surgery. So now you have a lot of dentists that got into ortho, like myself, like 20 years ago, got into doing four. So yeah, the orthodontist town was like ticked off. He's like, yeah, but you learn in a motel, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, right, right. And some of the things that I was taught and was doing, he was telling me, oh, that stuff's no good. That doesn't work. Well, five, seven years later, guess what? He's doing the same thing I was doing back eight years beforehand. So now it's like, hey. I'm pretty sure the computer models they have these days could be really impressive. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's it, you're right, you're right. But there's, this, this was more of the orthopedic slash orthodontic components with kids and expansion and, mm. and, and, and kind of habit habit-breaking appliances, but also kind of jaw positioning things and, you know, enhancing the jaw development and and stuff like that. Just, you know, so it was called functional orthodontics where I was being uh, chastised. And now I guess who's doing a lot of functional orthodontics, my local orthodontist. Watch out. So that became an issue. And then Invisalign, you got a lot of people doing Invisalign that have no idea what braces do, have no concept whatsoever. So they are kind of at the mercy of what they learned. Now they can go on. There's a lot of courses and a lot of things that can they can be taught. But I was at you know an Invisalign GP summit, and it's it's a lot of marketing. That's the hard part. Yeah. It's a lot of fluff, and I'm looking for meat and potatoes. You know, it's like a lot of desserts. You know, it's big Venetian hour. You know, tiramis. This is a revenue generator, guys. Right, yeah. And then, you know, this referral, do this. And once you do this many cases, you get this. And then, da, 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 da. wait a second. Let's talk about moving teeth from point A to point B. And let's talk about possible scenarios where it doesn't move like we predicted. What are, what, are, what are our avenues to fix these things? Let's learn the technique more. Let's learn to the point where we should be able to sit at the computer and do our own design for our own cases. We learn it that good. Or that well, excuse me. But we don't. It's very hard to. So, and again, how big a part of your practice is? If it's 20% of your practice, that's a big number, but it's still not a, that much. If it's 50% of your practice, now you should be seeing it every day. One out of every two patients is doing it. You're going to learn, you know, your, your learning curve is going to really accelerate. Well, and it's kind of like doing an implant. Mm-hmm. Maybe you only do a couple of implants, and so it's like, as far as procedures go, there's not a lot of procedures, but it's 10 or 15 grand a pop, so it could actually be a huge piece of your revenue. It just didn't take that many to, to do that. Yeah, implants, I think this is the same, too. I think Invisalign should be the same. Invisal- in, uh, in terms of what cases do you do, like with implants, when I was taught about implants, one of the things that was told me, like there's green light cases, there's yellow light cases, and there's red light cases. And if you're just starting out and you're placed in your first implant, do a green light case. Yeah, cut and dry, baby. Right. Yeah, you're going to do a root canal, do a front tooth. I get it. It's not different than other parts of dentistry. You're going to do a, an Invisalign, do a, you know, a mild class one you know, relapse after orthodontic correction, which is probably one of the primary. We all have the easy cases to right. learn stuff on. The low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And that's where Smile Direct Club is going gonna, is gonna to make their, their mark. Because the one thing I don't think people understand is that Smile Direct Club, I think, rejects like seven out of ten cases that come their way. Oh, wow. Well, that's good to so know. So it's not right. But that three out of ten, that, that just tells you the volume of the people that are, that are going to come in there. And it's going to be an interesting stock to see when that IPO comes out. Well, that makes me wonder. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to 
I'll be, I'll hang back on that one, being that there's going to be lots of class action lawsuits in different states. <laughs> yeah, I think the dust will settle, but I mean they're they're coming very aggressive at the dental societies because I mean they're sending out letters to dentists and the dental societies, and, and you know they're going to take their marketing rights to the public, it's just like just like drug companies have, right? You know, feeling down, try this medication. It's wonderful. I feel great. I don't have any anxiety. Side effects include up to and including death. You know, like, oh, okay, there was a two-minute commercial and 90 seconds of it was one of the ramifications, you know. But you walk into your physician, you say, hey, doc, I need this medication. I saw a commercial on it. It worked. You take it to the public. Yeah. You take it. You take your message to the public. And that's what Smiled and Yeah, it's do. amazing. Hey, a quick answer to this one. When you have patients that have a, a bad TMJ or a mild case of TMJ, what do y'all do with them? Good question. If, you, if we can figure out, because, well, I, for myself, I did a fair amount of TMJ training with orthodontics when, when I learned that the, the dentist and the orthodontist that were training us was pretty well versed in that. And I think there's a, you can't say there's a correlation because nobody wants to admit one, one involves the other, but there's definitely a connection somewhere. So for me, it's trying to find out, okay, what is it that, what, what is it that you have? What are your symptoms? How severe? How long is it acute? Are there joint noises, clicks, pops? Does your jaw deviate? If it's been something going on a very long time, obviously chronic, much harder to treat. If it's acute, I think you've got a better chance of fixing it, not just helping it, but fixing it. So you can you can get involved. I, I get involved if I have a really good feel that, A, I can help fix it. So if it's an early on opening click and a late on closing click, that's a typically an anterior display joint. And if we can get them joint noise free and then joint pain free with a occlusal orthotic, then I'll, I'll I'll try that. That's my first, that's that's one of that's probably the most complicated case I'm going to get involved with. But if I got a person who's a heavy bruxer and I can see their occlusion's been worn down pretty heavy, there's a little NTI appliance that that you can that we can make chair side. It takes ten minutes to make. It's a couple hundred bucks. It's worth a try. And you tell the patient, hey, this is worth a try. You want to try it? It's not a huge investment. I can have it for you in 10 minutes before you leave today. So you can have this product home tonight. Wear it to bed. Let's see how you do. And you get pretty good feedback on that. And that's actually been approved by the National Headache Association for some wow. headaches. So it's got a little science behind it for sure. And what it does is just discludes the posterior teeth. And you physically cannot fire up that temporalis mm-hmm. muscle or, or the mat. You can't do it. And the temporalis muscle usually is the muscle that gets overpowered and causes a lot of the symptoms because of where it, where it ties into that. Absolutely. That, uh, that meniscus, you know. So if you have tension on that meniscus from muscle tension, now you're going to have more likely get a displaced joint, et cetera. So if you can get that muscle to calm down, maybe you can, you know, sort of, like they call it a nocreoceptor trideminal interceptor, NTI. And, and what it basically is trying to do is trying to break that pain cycle. It's trying to get that muscle. Relax the muscle and it stops hurting so much. That's exactly what it's trying to do. And it works a lot of the time. So for, you know, like I said, for a couple hundred hours, I'll try that or recommend it. If it doesn't do it, then, then I have a, actually have a friend in town who does a little more in-depth TMJ treatment. I'll get him over to him. And he's had pretty good success. So my patients take care of happy. I send them right down the road. I'll get you your opinion on this. You know, chiropractic, sometimes we can either, you know, use a little instrument, work on the jaw, mm-hmm. work on those temporalis muscles, kind of get the pterygoids to chill out. And uh, that's the professional term, chill out. And uh, sometimes 
you know, I would tell them, I was like, look, there's this product that's called Sleep Right. I think it was a Sleep Right. It was just these little bitty, um, it wasn't like a, a big football mouthpiece, but it had the bar. So if you're, yeah. you're sleeping, you can chew on that instead yeah. of, like you said, just giving you a space and relaxes. And I was like, it's like 20 to $40. I was like, try this. If it doesn't work, you can always go to your dentist and spend a couple hundred bucks on one. And it seemed to work okay, but I was just kind of curious your opinion if, if I was guiding them wrong or what. But is, it, is that something I'm not familiar with, it, but I'm guessing it sounds a lot like an FBI appliance. Is yeah. it something you wear on the front? No, well. And, and you bite on it. So you, you, you occlude on this, but your back teeth do not occlude, right? Your back teeth don't. Yeah, pretty together. much. It's a, let's go with like two millimeters. It's a flat bar and it rotates so that no matter what kind of crappy bite you have, it'll rotate to your teeth. So it's not like a imprinted or anything. It sounds, sounds similar concept to what the NTI tries to do. That way you're grinding on something else besides your own teeth. <laughs> you can't grip as tight. Okay. Yeah, like the old school therapy was you'd make a full night guard, which is a full classic thing. That's not going to stop you from grinding. That is not going to stop your muscles from spasm. All it's going to do is protect your teeth, which is a value. But eventually you're going to wear through that plastic and you're going to need another. The NTI planes, I got some people wearing them 10, 15 years now. That they know they know when they're in stress. <laughs> when they're in a stressful situation, they know it. And they wear it. So they might wear it for, you know, relatives coming in, in-laws are coming in town, they wear it for that week, they go away, they don't need it. They don't wear it every single night. So they're, they kind of are their own best friend. I only got a few more minutes and I really appreciate your time. I just kind of looked at like, oh, wow, we've been chatting a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh, yeah we're cooking, man. So let's go personal just for a minute. A lot of doctors have trouble taking vacations. A lot of doctors have an imbalance, home work-life balance, and that can lead to potentially divorce. And we don't really like that. So... We'll do an, a three-in-one question for you. How can you take more vacation? How do you get your home work-life balance in order? And what can you do with your significant other so that you don't end up in divorce? Okay, first step, let's take the last question. Remember the other two because I might lose you on, on this. The first one, how do you keep the home fire burning with your, with your spouse, right? your significant other? I think you have to, just like you do anything else, you have to make time for that person. So when my wife and I... When I first got into my practice, I had a two-year-old. I had a baby born with a major heart problem, uh, transposition of the great vessels. I bought a practice. She was born in May. I bought a practice. I started in, in October, so I bought that practice July, October, August sometime. So I'm diving into the ocean of debt. I've got two young babies. i got a wife at home, uh, car payments, house payments, you name it. So I have all those things. But in, in spite of it or what have you, we insisted that we tried to do one night a week, get a babysitter and go for a yes. walk together, get a babysitter, go to the movie, do something together. Because one of the biggest things I see in everybody, not just in our professions, but they forget who they fell in love with because they have kids and all of a sudden the kids become their focus and they forget that person sitting across from them is who they made those kids with. So you, you justify it. Well, you know, you got the kids and you got, and I know everybody's going in 8,000 directions. We all have to be super parents. Our kids have to do 8,000 different activities and we got to take them and our grandparents are doing this. Okay, Greg, but you got to remember that you are married and that's your, that's your spouse, that's your love. Uh, and I think that that's something that gets lost. It's not, that's something that we've always done. And, 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 and we're not as good with it, not to we're empty nesters, but, but uh, that was something that we kind of made it a, a, a effort to do it. Maybe it wasn't every week. Maybe it was twice a month. Maybe it was, but it, there was a time. But where it was we something. It was intentional. did something that we scheduled and we forced ourselves to do it, even when we didn't want to do it. We did it. 
And it's truth, right? You know, you do, yeah. you don't, and, and you got. Oh, I got so much. I got. I got to pay. I got to get payroll done. I got to get these taxes together. I got to get this to the account. We're going on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. You have, you have to do it. You make time. You know what? You have time for the things that are important, and there should be nobody more important than your spouse. So you have to make the time. That that's I think is a huge help, and you you remember who you fell in love with. I think a lot of people forget. And they let life, they let everything else dictate it, but they justify it. They justify, well, we were taking care of the kids and we got so wrapped up in the kids. And then thinking, oh, they're dating their daughter's friend's mom because you were over at dance class with them every night for three years. And now you have better conversation, more interest there than you do your spouse because you're spending more quality time with them. You didn't give, you took that away from your spouse. You, You gave that to somebody else. Happens too much. So that's one. And the second question was life work balance. Life work balance, which more like probably more like maybe are you able to take vacations and kind of recharge that way? Vacations are absolutely essential. That was another thing I forced myself to do. I never took more than a week uh, until a few years ago. I never went more than one week, and then I started, you know, kind of seeing that okay, if you're gone a week, you're kind of decompressing the first two days. Then you're chilling for the next two days, and then the next two or three days, you're gearing up to go back to work. Yeah. So your focus, and especially with kids and family, because you know, you're, you're, I'm a different person when I'm not in my community and I'm not in my office and in my professional area. When I'm outside here, I can just be. I don't need to be Dr. Spira, the dentist, Dr. Spira, the basketball coach, Dr. Spira, my kids' person. I can be Sonny Spira, nobody. And it's kind of nice. So then my kids get that full attention. Like we go here, we go to the mall every five steps. I'm going to stop and there's something I know I'm talking to. And the kids are like, hey, dad, just, just let's go get my dress for the dance. So those things are different. So that's quality, quality family time. And it was, it was tough because now all of a sudden dad's mentally starting to check out. And my kids picked up. I'm getting ready to go back, aren't we? Yeah, we're leaving uh, Saturday and I, you know, getting ready because I know if I, had, I was a solo practitioner, I went back, I was going to get slammed because you know, someone covered for me when I went away. So what you do, I think, if your solo practice is develop good relationships with some people that can cover each other. They cover your emergencies, you cover theirs. They want to go away, you cover. And when you go away, they cover. And if it becomes disproportionate, get a couple of people then so that you can send one. Okay, Stan, you cover for me today. Maybe Mario's got me next week. What have you. Uh, I, think you have, I think you have to do that. You have to get away. You have to shut it down, go recharge. Whether it's go on a, a, a seminar cruise or a business trip away got to get out of your geographic area for i don't care if you drive 50 miles to the west or 50 miles to the north go somewhere else and just be bring a book and that was what i used to always do and i would recharge and i would come back fired up couldn't wait to get back to work because of the stuff i learned and i was ready to put in or i just read some books uh, michael Crichton, or i picked up a couple james patterson's or Michael Collin or whatever, I read those things and I just absorbed in it and and just was, like I said, just be. I was just existing. I wasn't having to be anyone or be something to someone. I could just be a dad and I could just be a husband. So that's awesome. That was that was what we did. And then how do you how do I do it now? Do I get vacation? Well, this year 
I have no tuition to pay. Ooh. So the first time in uh, probably 15 years. So I said to my wife, we're spending that tuition and we're going to travel. So we have done that. We went to Portugal. We just got back from Lake Tahoe with my daughter, who's a stand-up comedian. She said, hey, I'm going out there for a week. You know, four days I got to perform at this casino. And we're like, hey, let's go early. We'll come with you. So we went out there and nothing else. It was one-on-one time with our middle daughter, who's 28. Priceless, man. It was priceless. But it was cool to get away. And, and this year, I've taken probably four to five days each month. One month, I took 10. I went to Portugal with some friends. I uh, went out to Utah, Howard Fran's club. Howard Fran is in Phoenix. I went to Georgia. But you've earned this. Yeah, yeah. You put your time in. Yeah, and I've got I've got a great network of docs now that I work with that are, that are my people. So I can go and they can cover for me. Because they go and I help cover for them too. So I don't have to rely on outside people. And I know... That my house is in order. I know that, and if I have a patient who has a problem, I know they're in good hands. So I don't come back and fret. Oh my goodness, I've been away for ten days. Here it is Monday. I'm going to get pummeled. I might have a busier schedule because some people were like, "Hey, I'll wait. I'll see Doctor Spirit when he gets back." That's fine. But my my office handles it, and uh, I've got great people. So the great people that I work with have made my life better. Well, and you don't have that stress either of can I pay my bills because you've got somebody covering you well. As well, that's helpful. That, that's helped me, and it does help me for you know. Also, if you make you know X and you live on X minus five, you know, don't live on X yeah. plus two, you know, live on X minus five. That that you should have a little bit put away. So if you do need something or something happens, you get your hand broken by accident or something, you, you're not going to be destitute. So you know, yeah. you, you just plan for those. You plan for those unplanned things. But you're right. I've got a great, great situation now where I can break free. And one thing I like to try to do is get some three or four day weekend. We have a place down the Jersey Shore, and my wife's a Jersey girl. So anytime I can get her close to her parents or family, she's ecstatic. So we have a place down there. We go. We try to go in the summer every other week for either a three-day or a two-day weekend. It's only a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive. So that's kind of a nice nice thing to look forward to. And, and uh, it's changed because I'm, I'm, I'm an obsessive, compulsive kind of guy. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, like, to the max. You know, I need to learn some tolerance, you know. Like, I, need, I do. I need, to, I need to get better at that. So that's one of the things that I want to try to work on personally. As I get older, because I mean, I am dived and fully invested in my practice and my patients. And there, there'll be a time when I'm going to be thinking about retiring, but I'm going to be like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah, man. Right? You might be one of those guys that just works once a week just because you just need to do something. Yeah. And I, well, and I, was, <laughs> I, I, I told my team and my staff every, every single time, listen, if five years from now I'm practicing the same way I am today, carry me out of here because I miss the boat. So if, if I stop learning and improving, yeah, then it's then it is time to it's time to get out because I, I, I you know it's become a routine right now. It's still it's it's and I think it always will. It's so exciting and so new and fresh, and there's so many things that you can learn, and you can challenge yourself to pick up something and, and get better at this, or or even just improve in this one service, and not make it well. I just do fillings. And they're white fellings and they're silver fellings, and that's what I do. No, you know, it's how do you do that? The materials, how are you polishing it? How are you doing How are you putting the nose in it? How, you know, how are you doing what you're doing? It's all the nuances. Yeah, can you get better at it? Yeah, and I think you can always get better at it. That's the fun part of it. That's a great part about our profession 
is that we can constantly improve. You, TMJ, let's say I want to get, what if I want to learn more? About, well, learn more about it. Go take some courses. Get in with it. You know, if that, if that gets you excited again, God, go for it. That's my advice. But get good at it. Don't just go out there and try and say, ah, you know, I tried it. Well, you, you, didn't get any, you didn't get good at it. So I, I think that's something that we all could take a page for great uh, success people in our professions. Well, Dr. Sparrow, how can people get in more contact with you? What's a, what's a website and all that? Well, my uh, my office website is Progressive Dental NY, ProgressiveDentalNY.com. My email is just my name, Sonny Spira at Gmail, so S-O-N-N-Y, S-P-E-R-A, Sonny Spira at Gmail.com. My cell phone, 607-624-2962. I think it's okay if I give it out. Um, I get calls from all kinds of uh, sales people, so. Might as well get called from some professional who might be able to help somewhere. But I think that's the fun. And for me, that's one of the things that I'm getting into a little bit now is going to start to do some lectures and some material presentation in this private practice and some of the things that we do and, and helping other dentists. Like, I'm not, I'm not selling a service. I'm not selling a product. You know, I'm not saying, well, buy this, and, you know, and, and I get this commission. Or, yeah. Giving back more. Yeah, because people did it for me. There's been so many mentors that I've had that helped carry that weight and teach me. And they didn't ask anything in return. They just made me a better person, a better dentist. And I, I, I just think it's something we as a race, a human race, we should be doing that with. Like as a kid, I wanted to help you know the next generation of kids. And now coaching is the same thing. I coach, I coach varsity high school for nine years was paid position. I lost money every year doing it because I spent more money than I made. Now, <laughs> now I work and I coach for, I, I assistant coach for three different teams, two girls teams and one boys team. I don't take any money. It's just fun. And I'm helping, I'm connecting with these kids. I'm hopefully giving them a passion. And if it's for basketball, great. If it's for dentistry, great. I've had 11 patients go to my dental school. And that's something wow. I'm super proud of because I think somewhere along the line, they're like, hey, this guy really likes what he does. And I want to do what he does. Great. Yeah. So, amen. Do it. You know. So that, those are things I think that we, as as a human race, I think we got to be helping and bringing up that next generation and appreciate the differences. Don't be bitching about millennials or Generation Y <laughs> or the me generation or the I get a trophy generation. Come on, everybody. Generation wise, there's some differences, but appreciate them and then. They didn't like you at some points either. Yeah, you know, help teach them, right? You know, I mean, I had those, bunch of hippies. Yeah, those crunch and those cr- those people I was talking about in the beginning that weren't helping me go to dental school. You know, yeah, they're out there. <laughs> but you know, hey, be something else. Be, be be the other person. Be the positive force. Be the be the person that you know. I have a I just I have a thank you know from one of the high school kids graduation when I coached travel one year travel. I helped their high school team, and she, she sent me a little note. Thanks for stopping the party, and thanks for being my favorite bad coaster one year. But there was a connection there somewhere, you know, and I think it's yeah. just believe in these kids. Show them you believe in them. It might be the only person that's ever believed it. So I, I just think that God, I'm preaching now. I'm sorry about that. But I think we got to – No, I'm glad you're you're lighting a fire, hopefully underneath your own butt, yeah. and a bunch of other people who are in the same kind of uh, part yeah. of, of their career to, to give back a little bit more. Yeah, I'm passionate about it. I mean, it's, it's just something that we have to do, you know. I really appreciate you coming on, being so open, uh, sharing your time with us today. And uh, if you get a couple of phone calls for speaking, that'd be fantastic as well. And just, again, I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you very much. I hope so. I hope that I can help somebody out there. Somebody helped me along the way. That's for sure. 
another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you follow me at all on Instagram, you know you only get one link. So I use a link tree. And so it's a doctorsperspective.net slash links with an S. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book, that's the blueprints for better health, exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then of course, bundle packs, which can get you the No Needle Acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin at a great deal. The resources page has some of the products that I like. It's a affiliate style. So if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, Pure VPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, Prolone Edge or Hawk Grips. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the Prolone Diet, Fast Mimicking Diet, five-day plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right, you got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes on Thursdays and Saturdays. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.